0: Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Uh, 40 years ago, uh, a concert stampede at a Who concert in Cincinnati ended up with 11 people dead and many others injured. Uh, 40 years later, the Who is returning to Cincinnati. You might remember this if you are old enough to do so. Uh, December 3rd, 1979, uh, there was an issue in regard to general admission seating where basically you show up, first come, first serve, and they open the gates and they all go in. And this really did change the way people viewed uh, rock concerts uh, after that as many stadiums and and organizations and such banned general admission seating because of the rush to get in and such and moved to uh, selected seats uh, as a way of uh, selling, so certainly a uh, an event that not only. Uh, was catastrophic for the city of uh, Cincinnati, but also went on to to lead uh, change. So the Who will perform uh, Thursday, April 23rd, 2020 at the BB&T Arena at Northern Kentucky University. A portion of the proceeds from the concert will be donated to the PEM Memorial Scholarship Fund at Finneytown High School. Uh, that was created in honour of three Finneytown students who died in the crush of the fans on the uh, Riverfront Coliseum plaza to talk more about all of this someone who has a uh, a personal connection to all of this fred wittenbaum and he is with us now fred thanks for the time much appreciated hey scott how are you doing i'm doing well and you i'm hanging in there i'm hanging in there it's it's been
1: very very busy for the last three and a half months and and as of 1101 a.m on
0: december the third the real work kicks in so uh tell us what your connection is to all of this my connection is the, the PEM Memorial
1: was founded in December, well, was, the idea was founded in December 2009 and became a reality in uh, August of 2010. There are six of us that are on the committee that, that oversee this every year. Uh, five of us are alumni from Finneytown High School, John Hutchins, Steve Bentz, both class of 1980. I'm class of 1983. Uh, Walt Medlock is class of 1979. Marianne Medlock, his wife, is class of 1982. And Tony Hutchins, John's wife, is also involved. Our, our connection is a remembrance of our three friends that were
0: lost December 3rd, 1979. Tell us what happened that night. Your recollection of it all. How how you well, found out. I was a freshman in
1: high school, and keep in mind in 1979, no cell phones, no internet, yep, uh, no immediate notification for anything. So. Basically, what happened was after the event occurred, and it was a tragedy in every sense of the word, you would find out people heard on the radio on the way home that something had occurred and you need to call home. And um, pretty much when you got home, you had to wait for the, it was the 11 o'clock news that would tell you on television. That was how slow a time we were living in. And that's how the majority of people that were at the concert, who had absolutely no idea this occurred, found out, was either on the radio coming home or on television when they got home or when they called their parents, who were all freaking out, where are you?
0: So you not at the show, but knew friends that were?
1: I was not at the show. Uh,
0: I, yes, I knew a lot of people that were down there
1: that night. The Who, uh, biggest rock band in the world in 1979 uh, was huge in our high school. Uh, We probably had anywhere from 50 to 150 classmates down there that night. Our whole high school was 450 to 500 people. Mm. We were very disproportionately represented, unfortunately, with the loss of these three friends. Uh, But it was very important that we Come together as a community to memorialize them, not relive it, remember them, and pay it forward with three scholarships each year, of which we've done 27 to date. We'll do 28, 29, and 30 in 2020.
0: You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. So uh, the PEM Memorial Scholarship Fund, talk a little bit more about that. That was created after the initial idea of the memorial. The memorial was a bench that
1: is outside the Performing Arts Center at Finneytown High School. Hmm. We came up with the idea to move this forward to, to keep our friends' memories alive because all three of them were very active in the arts and music, and we wanted to pay that forward to the students of today. So three students every year graduating from Finneytown, receive a scholarship, uh, going to college, majoring in the fields of, of music and or the arts. And the arts can run from culinary to virtually anything. Uh, and it's been a fantastic healing process for our entire Finneytown and greater Cincinnati community. We, we have an event first Saturday of December. Uh, the event for this year is December the 7th, this coming Saturday. It runs from 6 to 9 at Finneytown High School, uh, we have over 350 RSVPs already. We anticipate there being between 500 and 700 people attending this year. Uh, the alumni has a band, a very active musical band. That hmm. gets together every year, puts on about an hour-and-a-half show. Fantastic stuff.
0: Uh, it's just a great, great place to come and heal. Take us back to 1979, and, you know, everyone heard of this tragedy and and, and what had happened that night. What was it like in that school? What was it like for the town to be a part of that and be so close to it?
1: Well, 1979 is not 2019, and and school issues are an unfortunate part of today's world. Uh, When the event happened, keep in mind it was during the week. The next day was school. And we did not have a full counseling staff. Uh, basically, what happened is you came to school the next day and were told not to talk about it and the The hallways were like a uh
0: at that point, I'm guessing people were still probably finding out that there were members of the school that were there and that yes. had not survived
1: yes the ones the ones that found out the night before those people were absolutely devastated, yeah. And when it was released more into the school itself the next day, it was very quiet. And imagine from 1979 for 30-some-odd years later, uh, they stayed very quiet,
0: Mm.
1: and there was no real release or outlet for anyone. And this memorial has given the general community an opportunity to band together, feel a lot of love, and share their stories. And this documentary that was just released... Uh, really delves further into that. But it's been a great, great thing for the community and also for The Who. It's been a very healing thing for Roger and Pete and their manager, Bill Kurbishley.
0: Talk about how this all came about, uh, about getting the band involved. You reached out to the band. What was that process like?
1: Um, we reached out to the band. We started seven years ago with a very simple email to their uh, management office over in London. We have some very nice local people here who uh, helped us gain access to that office. Got a wonderful woman, a wonderful young woman on the phone in the management office who listened to me and uh, said I, I'll put your email on, the, on Bill Kirbishley's desk and I got a call from Bill not too long after that saying that the WHO would like to become involved with this process. And at our third memorial Uh, They put together a DVD for us uh, filmed in Pittsburgh at their show where Roger and Pete both spoke briefly in general to the Cincinnati community, which was played at our third memorial and then basically buried, which is what they asked us to do. They did not want it released out into the public. Right. Um, Moving forward, they've been involved with us all the way through up to the point where on July the 2nd, 2018, we were able to negotiate a uh, visit with Roger Daltrey as he was going to be in Dayton at the Frays Pavilion. And uh, I was able to go pick him up with my son Jeremy at uh, Aviation Inc., the private airport just south of Dayton. We drove him and his personal assistant, Gordon, on the road. We drove him down to Finneytown High School. We arranged for th- the three Finneytown families to be there so he could meet them. Wow. We arranged for three of our scholarship members, winners to be there so he could also meet them. And then we arranged for Mike Simpkin, who was on the plaza that night, uh, to have a one-on-one conversation with him, which there is a video out on the Internet of all of this. But uh, Mike was given the opportunity where he he took it to say to Roger, we never blamed the band, we we never held you
0: accountable for this. Mm. And that was a... solid moment. What was it like for Daltrey to be there? What was... Because they really... They haven't said a lot about this since then. No. uh, They've never really publicly addressed it. No, I was trying to recall. I don't think they have. Have they?
1: No. They've each put out uh, books. The books don't really address it per se. Um, When you watch the video, you'll see when Mike says that to him, Roger kind of recoils a little bit. And you can tell that he... Uh, that he wanted, you know, he, he needed to hear that. Uh, and it was a very cathartic thing for him. And the reason I say that is, is that every December the 3rd, I know this is fact and I'll explain it, Roger mourns. Yeah. And so does Pete in his own way. But Roger sent me an email on December the 3rd, and he said, my thoughts are with you all today, Fred. May the world be kind to you all. What and
0: would, then, Sorry, go ahead.
1: That's okay. I I responded back to him and, in essence, said to him, hoping that the feeling of love we all have for you makes this day a bit brighter for you, looking forward to the next time our paths cross. And he responded back and said, thank you. That means a lot to me. I'm looking forward to seeing you all in the spring. That says it all.
0: Uh, He said meeting the parents was incredibly rewarding. It lifted a load. I can just imagine what that must have been like.
1: Well, you know, wounds heal. Scars fade, but they never go away. Um, the pain doesn't go away for anyone, uh, whether you're a family member, a survivor, um, someone who was down there and, and wasn't involved directly, or a community member. We all suffered in our own way, and we all grieve in our own way. And it's, it's been a very tough, long process, but the healing that's out there right now because of what these guys have done and because of what the people, the survivors that have given their stories, laid themselves bare on uh, on televised media, it's it's given a whole new meaning to all of these people being able to share their stories and, and heal. And uh, what we had done was, once the band agreed to to sit down and tell their story, which they hadn't done in 40 years, uh, we were able to arrange. Uh, with the local Channel 9 anchor here, Tanya O'Rourke, who was a Finnytown graduate in 1987, the lead anchor, we flew out to Seattle um, to meet with the band at uh, T-Mobile Park where they were playing a concert. They gave her basically about an hour each, three mm. hours total, and they told their story Roger first Pete second and Bill Kirbishley third
0: what would we have not seen this what would uh, what can you tell us of that what what was it from their perspective well there's a couple of interesting parts to it um, Bill
1: Kirbishley was on the pla- on the plaza that night he was the one that got called up and he witnessed what went on there and how do you how do you phrase it his life trajectory was altered yeah. that night hmm. Um he made the decision when confronted by the fire department and police people saying we need to shut this down and they need not to perform. He, he fought with them. Um, Roger would say he had his rounds with them, uh, that they should play and they should keep going on. And uh, there's disagreement amongst the three of them as to whether that was the right decision or not. Mm. But, you know, three individuals, three different opinions. Uh, the band did not know what happened. Uh, until after the set was complete, uh, they came off stage. He told them to go back out and play two encore songs and something terrible would happen. Mm. Uh, it's hard to believe they haven't returned since then. It's an interesting way of, of thinking about it. They they Roger has been here a couple of times individually, mm-hmm. um, but the band itself has never come back. And so how I significant
0: this is this show that will be April 23rd, 2020?
1: Scott, it's the biggest thing to hit 50 and above age group hmm. rock and rollers probably for the rest of our lives. It is massive. The The social media has gone crazy. Uh, the WCPO website crashed the night of the documentary because you could view it online. Uh, the ticket sales have been... I mean, by the, by the time the the general public on Friday at 10 o'clock gets a chance to purchase their tickets, they're going to be gone. Yeah. I mean, this it, it's, is going to sell out in a matter of minutes.
0: It'll and be fascinating. to. Is this going to be documented, do we know? It is going to be Yeah, that's good. Yes. It'll be fascinating it, it, it to see. To be. It'll be fascinating to see the response and, and how they address it if they do on stage.
1: Well, it's going to be very, very different than a normal concert because I think personally you're going to hear the band talking a lot to the fans and to the families and uh it's going to be a much more conversant type of a
0: situation yeah.
1: than a normal concert where the band would just come out and play their music and, and go on their way
0: are there people that are yeah. feeling negative about this are there people that are saying yeah you know what i don't this shouldn't happen
1: well you're, you're always going to have some internet trolls here and there but yeah. i haven't seen anything negative about this at all nothing and my social media has been inundated with this for the last three days with thousands and thousands and thousands of comments and not not one negative comment that i've seen it's everybody wants these guys to come back my post that night was very simple they're
0: coming excuse me they're coming home wow Uh, i'm getting goosebumps just listening to this story Uh, Fred Wittenbaum has been with us, member of the PEM Memorial, Finneytown High School alumni in Cincinnati uh, in honor of everything that happened way back when, December 3rd, 1979, uh, a series of three scholarships have uh, been created. Uh, Roger Daltrey uh, also making an appearance to to address all of this and now coming full circle with uh, a concert Thursday, April 23rd, 2020 at the BB&T Arena at Northern Kentucky University. Uh, What an incredible story, Fred. I I, I just can imagine the emotion that's going to be flowing uh, through the town that night. And uh, congratulations and great work in in your part in trying to make all of this happen. Uh, It certainly says something about uh, the people at Finneytown, that's for sure. Good luck. Congratulations.
1: Thank you, sir. You guys have a great day. I appreciate it.
0: You too. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900-CHML.